On this edition of the Abrams Boxing Show, I speak with Kyle Sarafine of Hamilcar Publications. Hamilcar Publications has come out with a great series of boxing books that range from topics from the mob in boxing, Edwin Valerio, Johnny Tapia, and Arturo Gatti. Please comment, follow me on social media for your chance to win one of these awesome books. And now my conversation with Kyle Sarafine. We are live Tuesday night here in the East Coast, 7 o'clock, uh, top of the hour. I'm Mark Ames, along with Kyle Serafine of Hamilcar Books, who uh, they've been gracious enough to uh, grant me uh, with some some copies of their incredible boxing series. Um, uh, and we'll go through all the books. Uh, Kyle, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, Mark. Thanks for having me on, man. My, honestly, my pleasure. Last night on my social media pages, I kind of um, let, uh, opened the gate to uh, this great giveaway that I'm going to be doing over the next um, several weeks with, with, with uh, the books that you've been gracious enough to uh, give me. And uh, I'm going to be giving out to all the boxing fans around the world. So uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on with us and um, – and uh, just discussing all these great books. Um, Excellent. Appreciate you having me on. Let's uh, let's get right down to uh, talk about the series of books. So right now, I got seven, uh, eight books. Uh, I don't know why I said seven. I got eight books in, in my possession here. So um, let, let's get into the background of it. What um, what gave you and and your guys at Hamilcar the the idea to to, to start this boxing series? Okay. Yeah. Uh... I, I, my background's in, in publishing. Uh, I worked for several Boston publishers for like 18 years, 16, 17, 18 years. Uh, and I, I was actually working in a, a, a production manufacturing role, putting the books together. I uh, wanted to be an editor. Uh, it's sort of hard sometimes to, uh, you know, break over to the, to the other side if that's not your um, area, you know, sort of in-house. Uh, so I, I was a boxing fan forever and I just sort of put the two together as far as, um, you know, my knowledge of books and then knowledge and interest in boxing. And, and, you know, I I saw an opening strategically and then I hooked up with Andy Komak, who's my friend since we were 14 and, and my business partner. It's just, he and I are Hamilcar with a team of freelancers, um, so it was a strategic decision to kind of focus on the niche. I felt like um, I had some ideas that big houses sort of didn't have in terms of doing boxing books. And, you know, we've ed- executed some of those so far, and, and we have some in the pipeline too. Great. Um, uh, talk about uh, your interest in boxing. Right before we went on, I asked you, you you're a boxing fan. You said that was, you know, the one sport, you know, you, you were growing up as a kid, like every other kid who played sports and, you know, liked all the major sports. But you said boxing is the one sport that you've kind of stuck with going forward. It's kind of a weird thing, too. It was very um, clear, you know. Like I played uh, for like a little bit of college soccer, like competitive tennis in my teens. Uh, high school basketball. <laughs> Andy was on the high school basketball team. We were terrible. Um, but whatever, you know, like I, I could shoot a little bit, you know. And um, But it's interesting, like, you know, I was so into playing sports, but after it was like a switch went off, like, when I was 20. And I wasn't really interested in, you know, like the Pats, the Red Sox. Not really, you know. It's like I loved 
watching fights. I remember in my 20s, it was like Tuesday night fights. I watched like every card. And, you know, I think that it's been said by many people uh, many times before, you know, that like the, the, the courage, the drama, the, the uh, you know, the technical skill of, of fighters. There's just no other sport like it. I think that I, I just sense that it pulled me in, you know. It was the one sport that held, held my interest. What um? Uh, who were some of your favorite fighters? You know, growing up, and uh, who, who do you still watch today? Yeah, Hagler was was the main guy, being from Mass. Brock you know? Ma- Brockton Mass's own. Um, you know, Hagler, and obviously Ali, um, and then James Tony as well. Like nineties, nineties, two thousands. You know, we're actually doing his bio, uh, and we put him on the cover of, of Dark Trade, which I think you probably have. Yep. Amanda Kelly did the the painting of James, so it's kind of Ali Hagler, James Tony, pretty much. There you go. Okay, so let's um let's uh, you know go through each book, and we're going to start with uh, uh, the Hamid, and now you can pronounce it better. Hamilcar, Hamilcar, and Walter. Hamilcar. Hamilcar was um well Hannibal was like the Carthaginian general, you know. I'm I'm half Lebanese, and and uh, you know. Carthage was a Phoenician colony that my father always talked about Hannibal when I was a kid. And then Hamilcar is his father. who was also like a commander. So that's where the, you know, it's like the, the their last name was Barca. It's like the Barca fa- family tree, basically. So yeah, Hamilcar. Okay, so I got all the books. So I want you know uh, I want you to give your little uh, synopsis on. I, I just got all the books over the weekend. I mean, I I love to read, but I can't I can't read about seven thousand pages in the span of a, of a few days. So let's Why start. Not? Why not? <laughs> let, let, let's start with the, uh, maybe this one's close to you. Slaughter in the streets when boxing. Well, excuse me. When Boston became boxing's murder ca- murder capital. So here, here's the book here. Uh, so, so tell yeah. us, tell us everybody, uh, what you, what your thoughts on on this book? Oh, a, well, first of all, Don Stradley, a tremendous writer. Sorry to interrupt. Tremendous writer. Um, I, I, I live in Gloucester, Massachusetts, um, and he lives in Rockport, which is the next town, uh, which is actually my hometown and where Andy and I grew up. Interestingly, and and. Uh, you know, to make a long story short, he wrote a piece for our site. We got connected to him. Uh, he was, you know, we, we wanted him to write a book pretty much right away, just based on the strength of the piece and what he had done in the past. So um, that book, as well as the Valero book, grew out of some um, conversations that, you know, he and I, before the pandemic, would get beers every, you know, couple weeks, once a month at least. And, you know, literally just sit in this Portuguese bar restaurant like a stone's throw from where I am now and uh you know bounce around ideas off each other and he he uh basically brought up the idea that there are all these guys um in the Boston area who were sort of marginal pro fighters and also marginal gangsters and they had the strange habit of getting murdered like you know and and TJ English who actually wrote the forward who's a a big tr- time true crime writer wrote the forward. He, you know, when we approached him to write the forward, he's like, man, like I always noticed that in my research that uh, Boston more than any other city had guys who were pro fighters who were involved in organized crime, who 
who got killed. So that's sort of the the uh, idea behind the book that it's sort of unusual. You know, a lot of organized crime guys get killed in a lot of cities over the decades, but for in Boston, they happen to be fighters. By the way, I'll be picking one name of someone who likes or comments on this video while we're on the air, and I'll uh, tell you guys uh, pick a winner afterwards. Uh, they'll they'll be in line. I'm gonna pick one lucky winner to win a one copy of uh, one of these books here. So uh, it'd be good to be interactive with this interview. So the next book we have here, uh, actually the next you know, the next three books. Uh, will probably appeal to a lot of the modern boxing fans here. The next book is uh, Berserk, uh, again by Don Stradley, The Shocking Life and Death of uh, Edwin Valerio. Uh, Edwin Valerio is, you know, the, the guy who a lot of people uh, said, what could have been? Yeah, without, without question. Um, even before we started the business, I, I had a, a few ideas uh, for books that I really thought were strong. And that was one of them. And Andy and I sort of came up with the concept for the series. Uh, obviously, the books are a little bit shorter, uh, mixed boxing and true crime. And uh, I had the Valero idea, but then when we came up with the idea for that series, we, we I had a list of maybe three or four subjects. And I met with Don. This is the first time I actually ever met him for coffee. Um, in Rockport, my hometown, and I mentioned that that idea out of you know like he picked that idea out of four that I that I had um, and just wrote the hell out of that book. You know that book is a little masterpiece. I think there's probably 26 reviews on Amazon so far, and we pubbed it in uh, November. It's a hell of a book. Valero's story is just um, you know it's just very well suited for a true crime book. It seems like, I mean, he's a wild man in the ring and a, I mean, obviously had some wild demons outside the ring. So uh, I think I, the mythology as well, you know, more so than almost any boxing recent boxing story that I can think of. It just has this mythology around it, you know, and it, it still lingers. Um, it, yeah, and I agree with that. I think people still drool over the over the possibility of what a Manny Pacquiao Edwin Valero fight would have looked like, I still you know you go on some of these message boards and you know you, you still you know people still talk about what a fight that would have been. Absolutely, so, yeah. And they they, they were hovering the around the fight, the Stradley turned me on to the Mascara fight. Yes, um, Antonio Mascara. Yes, on YouTube. I would I would highly recommend that. You know, it's a great. Great YouTube video to pull up on a Saturday night with a glass of wine, man. <laughs> you know, another crazy man who's actually nicknamed Mi Vida Loca, my crazy life, the ghost of Johnny Tapia again. Uh, and yeah. I, I think uh, the cool thing about this book, is the the forward is uh, written by his uh, wife Teresa. Uh, yeah, she wrote an introduction. Introduction. Yep, and then uh, the forward is by actually. Sam, Sammy Hagar. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question about that. I'm a big Van Halen fan, and you know, right. I, I, I'm a rock and roll guy. So when I saw Sammy Hagar, I was like, okay, this this one is, you know, obviously Johnny Tapia. All of us who are in the boxing business and know know of and knew Johnny Tapia. 
you know, you know, know the story about all the addiction problems and, and, and the talent, especially early in his career. Right. And, um, so, that, so, so, uh, talk about, uh, talk about that one written by Paul Zanin. 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 Yeah. Paul, uh, great, great guy, a UK writer. Um, I think he had a lot of these guys that, uh, ended up, have ended up writing books for us, contributed to our website, Hannibal Boxing. Mm-hmm. First, I, I think that's what happened with Paul. And, um, you know, this is early ish on, and we were recruiting guys to, to write books for us and like Stradley. And then Paul was sort of in the same, same group as far as the, the you know, the first guys that we had. And, uh, he actually had interviewed, uh, Teresa Tapia for boxing monthly. Um, RIP um, and uh, came to me with, with, with that idea. Um, he, he said that, you know, he had been talking to her and I totally perked up <laughs> when he mentioned Johnny Tappy, especially because me Vita Loca is obviously an autobiography. Uh, there had been no bio done. And uh, man, you know, if anyone's seen the uh, HBO documentary, we actually met the woman who wrote the doc. Um, you know, that, that, how could you not do that book? You know, yeah. just, I think it's happened with a lot of our books. We just, we know right away certain subjects. We want to do it. How did the Red Rocker get involved in this? He was really good friends with, uh, he was really good friends with Johnny. Oh, wow. Um, little known fact. His, what's that? It's a little known fact. No kidding, right? They, <laughs> you know, they party together. Uh, you know, went to fights. Uh, I I can only imagine how much tequila Johnny must have drank. (laughs) The thing with Johnny Tapia, man, is is, uh, getting to know Teresa Tapia uh, quite well over the phone is uh, he's he's a great guy. You know, he just had demons. Yeah, I met him a couple, interviewed him a couple times. He he, he was as chill as can be when I interviewed him. Such a good person. Yeah, it's just unmistakable. Uh, Loyal to his wife, you know, um, you know, had balls. (laughs) Yeah, she, she, courageous, you know, and he just, I think that what happened to him when he was a kid, I think a lot of people would have been affected in in a a profound way. With his, with his, well, he basically watched his mother get murdered. And, uh, and, and Teresa, I mean, he said, I mean, this story would have ended a lot sooner had it not been for Teresa. She saved him on many, 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 many occasions. Absolutely. I tell you, it's like, you want to talk about the ultimate ride or die relationship. Yeah. Like it's, it's inspiring to me because obviously I, I, not only do I acquire the books, but I handle everything production throughout. So you know, it's not just reading the manuscript once and, you know, I read it, I read the manuscript, I read the page proofs. I'm working on the copy editing. I copy edit the books too, in addition to my copy editor. I know, I get to know these stories, they get into my blood, you know, and uh, their their story, his Johnny story really, uh, you know, it did get, you know, it, it, it moved, I was moved by it, very moved by it. And uh, finally, and this is a book I know, I mean, if you're not a fan of Arturo Gatti, I mean, everyone's an Arturo Gatti fan. Killed in Brazil, 
The Mysterious Death of Arturo Gotti, written by Jimmy Tobin. Jimmy actually uh, wrote for my website, 15rounds.com, for, for, for a little bit. And uh, Thank you. I appreciate Bart it. So, Bart, Bart's the man. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this story played out a lot. I mean, there's a lot of um, still unanswered questions. I'm actually very friendly with, with um, Arturo's uh, manager and, you know, his everything, Pat Lynch, who's probably one of the greatest guys in, in, yeah. in, the, in the sport. So um, to talk about this book. Well, uh, you know, Jimmy and is one of our main guys, like for our site, he and Carlos Azevedo were, you know, kind of our two big guns and, and Jimmy's an exceptional writer, you know, very talented and, yep. and knows boxing as well. I mean, just the perfect kind of guy that we were looking for. And, um, at, you know, a lot of, a lot of our books come about with me just brainstorming with, 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 our authors and um that's how this one came up you know at first the yeah the idea came up initially and then we we were thinking about a couple other things and then i i don't know i, I think i to a degree just mm-hmm. sort of came back to it i was like you know what like this this is a, a perfect uh story for the series you know there's a lot of you know as the subtitle indicates you know it's, it's very mysterious i think people get pulled in by books like that you know where people don't know what really happened you know and, and obviously Gotti. i mean he, he was a franchise i was at every one of his fights in, yep. in, in atlantic city i i actually became friendly with him at the end we actually uh, uh hung out uh, i remember it was the the kelly pavlik jermaine taylor fight me and him actually spent some time the first one the first one in atlantic oh, city oh man yeah he was there he was there oh. hanging out and uh we actually we we spent some time uh you know kind of getting to know each other so um you that's, know that's that's a good that's a good story man that's one of my favorite fights i i love no, it was a tremendous fight, fight unbelievable my my friend was over we went crazy <laughs> yeah i i actually i i used to do some broadcasting for a defunct online streaming uh streaming site and um you know, I was trying to get him into. You know, he, I think he had just finished up his career, and I was. I, he loved the idea of um, possibly doing some commentating, especially some local shows, because we did a lot of shows up in New York, New Jersey area, and you know, I I would have you know loved to have, you know done some commentating with him, and it's obviously a shame the what happened. Uh, it, it, all the research, and I don't know if you've talked to Jimmy about this. What are your thoughts on? What did happen or didn't happen? I, I think did happen in in Brazil. Yeah, um, you know that it's a good question. You know what I mean? I think that I think that Jimmy did a good job, sort of telling both sides of the book. I think that you know, the story that is, um, you know, the case for his wife having a hand in it. Mm-hmm. And also the case case for suicide. Like, uh, to be completely honest, I, I think it's it's hard to prove definitively that the wife did something, but it's it's very fishy. And then on the other hand, you know, I think with the, the difficult fights that Arturo had, um, and and what that can 
do in terms of CTE and affecting someone's mood, then, you know, honestly, I, I actually don't, you know. Yeah. I, like I said, I just got all the books over the weekend. Is there anything in there? I remember one of the, um, one of the uh, stories that came out around that was, which obviously would, would, you know, kind of make it look fishy on her end uh, about um, a life insurance policy or a will that was changed. Is that yep. part mentioned in the book? Before he went down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that, that uh, I've seen the 48 hours episode. Correct. I saw that. Well, and they sort of like focus on that. So, that's what I meant. Like there are fishy mm-hmm. elements and it's just hard to, you know, prove, I guess, you know, obviously they couldn't prove definitively that, that, you know, something happened. Foul play. So those are all the small books uh, that, you know, that they, they run, you know, uh, you probably can bang some of the, those books out probably in a couple hours, uh, reading those books. And now I got four more titles that, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer to read. And, you know, I know there are a lot of fans out there that want to, uh, you know, that they, they, they just want to uh, read and love to read like myself. So we'll start with Jacob's Beach, The Mob, The Garden, The Golden Age of Boxing. This this is about two, this nice little 250-page book, 250-page uh, book, say that a few times fast, uh, written by Kevin Mitchell. So obviously the title is self-explanatory. And, Kyle, I want you to expound on that. Yeah, Jacobs Beach is you know, Mike Jacobs, who's sort of, uh, you know, ticket uh, guy, sort of slash, uh, you know, czar of, of Madison Square Garden, like mm-hmm. 30s and 40s. Um, you know, it sort of starts with him and some of the other guys uh, sort of who were involved in organized crime, like in the 20s and 30s. But then later, uh, late 40s, and into the 50s, uh, you had Frankie Carbo and, and Blinky Palermo, who sort of, um, you know, with the IBC, um, ran, ran boxing. Um, and that, you know, uh, Kefauver, you know, the hearings and, and sort of like the government going after these guys. Eventually they did, uh, the government caught up with them and Carbo went to jail, I think, for... 25 years blinky for like 18 17 but you know when those guys were doing their thing they they ruled the sport with an iron fist um you know a couple of really interesting characters uh carbone and palermo um as well as the guys they were they were involved in with um in the ibc there's a lawyer um uh, names are escaping me right now but um you know, it was a really kind of tangled web in terms of what was going on uh, in boxing in, in the in the fifties. And you know, a guy like Ike Williams, for example, was you know really exploited by those guys and and ended up with no money and in really in bad shape. Yeah, I, I read a, you know some other books a few years ago. There was a couple um, chapters in these books that focused on that and yes i mean it's, it's definitely some interesting stuff and now you got 250 pages of it it's it's, it's very very interesting I, stuff i think that i think that that book is is the definitive book of the mob and boxing like mid 20th century correct um, kevin mitchell's a guardian writer and then we actually reissued the book and did another copy edit um you know redesigned the whole thing uh 
you know, I think if, if someone wants to read about the history of organized crime and boxing, like that's the definitive book, if not one of a, of a, of maybe two or three. Yeah. Well, the book, uh, the book I'm referring to just had a chapter or two, but this, 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 uh, I looking forward to read. You no, mentioned, whole, yeah, it's good. You had mentioned Carlos Acevedo before. Um, I, I know he's a tr- tremendous writer. Sporting Blood, the Tales from the Dark Side of Boxing. Uh, obviously, again, self-explanatory. Uh, what can you add to that? Uh, yeah, Carlos, uh, I was a fan of his for, for a long time. You know, he, that, Doing a book with him was, was an idea that I had very early on. And, um, you know, that book captures – um uh, you know i think is his best work um there's some unbelievable stuff in there uh aaron, there's an aaron fryer essay one on tyson that's unbelievable uh mike quarry um you know i think the thing with carlos is is you know the the he picks great subjects but it his prose is so good. Mm-hmm. He could almost write about anything and pull someone in, you know? Um, you know, and that, that's the kind of thing that that's a type of writer that we look for is someone who is so good that you're just reading that stuff compulsively. Yeah. You know, that happened with Berserk. You know, I was working on the page proofs of that and I just found myself involuntarily kind of just reading sections of, of the book, you know, uh, just getting pulled in and, and kind of lost in it. Same thing with, with Carlos's stuff and, uh, you know, our other guys too. Charles Farrell is like that. He's writing a, um, a book, his, his memoir, I'm actually working on the manuscript right now and it's publishing in January and uh, his stuff pulls, pulls you in like like no one's business it it does me too next book is about a fighter one of the more underrated fighters uh that has been around the last i'd say 40 plus years only because he came at a time where the heavyweight division they call it the golden age of the heavyweights with yeah. frazier foreman ali and there, there's so many so many great contenders whether it was the oscar bonavinas whether it was the jimmy ellis's or um you know george shabazz there's so many um yeah. Off the road, off the road. <laughs> Jimmy Young, yeah. Um, the the Ron Lyle story, so uh, written by uh, Candace Toft, um, forwarded by Al Bernstein. So I mean, I, I mean Al Bernstein, who I, I had the pleasure of working with uh, on a fight card last year to do some broadcasting. Uh, obviously, uh, that that gives that, the book, uh, you know, his name along with the the author and Ron Lyle. Talk talk about that. Uh, expand uh, anything in this book that. It, that you uh, make a nugget that you can maybe tell the fans about. Sure. Uh, well, you know, I think everyone knows that Lyle was in jail, uh, you know, almost got stabbed to death in jail. Uh, and that, that scene is, you know, sort of mythological in terms of his story. Um, it sort of gets into his experience in jail and how he started to fight. Not that episode, you know, he lost like 30, 35, uh, you know, pints of blood or whatever. Just, just really kind of, you know, compelling, chilling kind of thing. Interesting thing is we, we had a guy contact us who was a surgical assistant at the, at the prison. Uh, 
we're we're you know at the uh, Canyon City, uh, just outside of Denver, which was really uh, interesting. You know, it's, it's a very strange thing. You you know, you publish books, and sometimes people come out of, out of the woodwork for good or ill. And, and um, you know, he sort of he told us you know about that, and that he said it wasn't quite thirty five pine. I don't know. It gave us like the the inside story. And the wild thing was was this guy. I forget his name, but but um, he was the sur the the prison surgeon wouldn't let he somehow interfered with this guy getting parole because he was such a good surgical assistant as well. But but that uh, story is in the book is very harrowing. Uh, and then you know and also sort of like the scenes where you know Lyle was was charged with murder twice. And it covers like the sort of gang fight where this guy got shot that, that caught, you know, Lyle basically covered for his friend, mm -hmm. um, according to pretty much everyone. And he would never, he never, he would, he wouldn't even admit it later. Um, you know, he covered for a friend of his, as I understand it, because he was like, you know, like a big guy and could, could handle prison. Um, that's the kind of guy he was, you know, total stand-up up guy, you know. Um, so, that you know, there's some of that stuff in there, like rough and tumble kind of upbringing in Denver, which is kind of cool, too. And then, you know, the fights, which everyone knows Lyle Foreman, you know, and that's covered in the fight more than any other place that you're going to probably read about it uh, because it's a book about him. Yeah. And, and he's a guy, if he would have came along at – different eras in boxing he yep. probably would be you know would have won a couple world titles and you know would be much more remembered but he came along I think fight, so. fighting I think all so. the, I, you the know, greatest like he didn't really he lost to he lost to Foreman Ali Jimmy Young and uh and Jerry Corey like and, and Frazier <laughs> was around at that time and you, you know, know and I guess yeah right like I I, I think you know Lyle basically ran out of gas a, a couple, you know, I think he ran out of gas versus Foreman. Ali caught him with a, with a right hand on the chin. I think he was a little out of gas. Then, if anything, it was a little bit of stamina stuff because he was so muscular, you know. Uh, Long-time matchmaker Zach Pamilio chime in, said his favorite fight photo is Lyle walking away from a face-down Ernie Shaver. So, uh, right, you know, right. That's so, in the book. That's it's in the book. Yeah, we, we uh, have photos, yeah. Okay, I actually I was looking for it before, but I just want to uh, get, get the last book. This this is the biggest one, five hundred and thirty plus pages. Dark Trade: Lost in Boxing by Donald McRae. Uh, uh, talk about this book. Um, yeah, you know, it's classic. A lot of people think it's uh, you know top three or five boxing books ever written. Real masterpiece. Uh, Don. Is, is an incredible writer. I think as everyone knows, a uh, wonderful person as well. Uh, Andy and I have gotten to know him since we, you know, uh, pub the book and, and, you know, in, in the production process and all that. Um, yeah. We, we noticed that the book hadn't been published in the U S this was basically a couple, just a little bit over two years ago that we actually approached on and did the deal. Um, part of it was, was putting James Tony on the cover uh, the book is, uh, you know, James, James is, there's a lot of guys covered 
in the book, uh, in addition to James, like Holyfield, Tyson, uh, you know, Prince Deceem, uh Roy Jones. I went happy fifty fourth to Tyson today. Today's his birthday. What's that? Happy fifty fourth to Tyson yeah, today. Right, right. <laughs> um and but you know, I was drawn to the book originally because I was a big fan of James's. Uh and I thought the writing was fantastic. And that era, it's like, you know, come on, like the, who doesn't love the nineties, right? Of course. Um so, you know, that you know, it was sort of like an easy decision to, to publish it. And then um, I think sort of like the the nice part about it as well was was actually commissioning that painting of James uh, that's on the cover, and uh, Amanda Kelly did that painting, uh, and she actually just did another painting for us. Uh, Don Stradley's writing a book about the Hagler Hearns fight called Oh the Wow, and she painted a painting for that book cover. That is, it's, we did a tweet on, we tweeted it. It's somewhere in our Twitter feed. That, that uh, painting's going to blow, it already blew people away. Mm-hmm. She, she, I think she posted it, a picture of it on, on her easel and it got like 600 likes on Twitter or something wow. like that. Like, she's unbelievable. I think she's the best in the world. And that, you know, I know there's at least one other guy who's pretty awesome too, but. But uh, Sloan, but but uh, Matt is an unbelievable artist, fine artist. You meant you mentioned obviously we just you know blew through eight books really quickly. You managed Hagler Hearns. Are you at liberty to say what other uh, maybe yeah, subjects that, are in the uh, in the pipeline? Yeah, absolutely. We we have a, a a huge book for us that's coming out August twenty fifth. Oh wow! Uh, it's a book about Bundini Brown. Okay, character. Uh, I was always intrigued by, by Bundini, and uh, I, I actually wrote maybe eight or ten pieces for our site. Uh, where This is early days, like bootstrapping, you know, and, uh, and like the, we noticed this piece I wrote about Bundini, Andy noticed, my partner, uh, to his great credit, like that it um, was getting a lot of traffic. You know, like a lot of lot of traffic, and um, and it it kind of, you know, what I basically said was he was the best, greatest hype man in boxing history. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you know, a lot of people consider Ali to be the first, the, the sort of prototypical MC in terms of hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, whereas Bondini was almost like the first Flavor Flav or something. <laughs> So um, we found a guy, Andy identified him, and I approached Todd Snyder to write the book. Uh, Todd had written a memoir about his, his father uh, called 12 Rounds in Lowe's Gym, which um, his father was a West Virginia, Virginia coal miner at a boxing gym. It's like this terrific memoir. Uh, but Todd's a professor of um, hip-hop studies at Siena College. So oh, wow. the book involves – you know, it's a bio about Bandini and, and his days with Ali. What kind of maybe ties that yeah. era to, to the hip-hop era of today? It's, you know what it is? It's sort of like it, there's a lot of um, cultural stuff in the book, a lot of cultural elements, which yeah. I think will really pull people in. Like Bandini was in two of the Shaft movies, for example. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't know if everyone knows that, but 
you know, the thing is, is that Bondini's life was like an African-American life. Yeah. A great one, a remarkable one. You know, he wasn't just, that was the, the point that I was trying to make in the piece that I wrote was that, and Todd's obviously just taking it. And it's a whole other thing. The, the kernel was that like, Bundini really didn't get the respect he deserved. He was kind of a, he was a genius in his own right. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just like a flunky, like at all, you know, and, um, and, you know, or like the, the movie Ali, they, the Michael Mann's movie, they implied that he was a junkie, which yeah. is total bullshit, you know, and like upset yeah. his family and all that. So we're kind of, you know, I think this book is, is first going to set the record straight Two, it's really going to entertain people. There's, there's a lot of different dimensions to this book. And it looks at the Ali story from a, a, an angle that really hasn't been done either, you know. And that's that. That comes out August twenty fifth. So we'll, August, my mother's birthday. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that too. Uh, I mean, are those two, those two. I mean, the Hagler Hearns fight. Everyone. I mean, are you, yeah. You, and then I was just gonna say, like in October, we have a Hector Camacho um, bio. Hold on, I actually. <laughs> this is the. These are like the advanced reader copies. But oh, wow. Okay. Can you see it? Yep. Yep. And then in October, we have, it's still macho time. Yeah, it's still always be macho time. Yeah, it's macho I, time. And uh, the, the case of that book is going to be all leopard print. <laughs> we have his, the back of the dust jacket is his chain, his oh, macho wow. chain with gold foil. The only thing that we couldn't do is uh, like have the book smell like cologne. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see, I see Junior around from time to time. He's a good man, uh, Junior. He's fa he's great. Junior's fantastic. Uh, he contributed to the book. He did. He okay. was he was involved very closely with um, Chris Judajay, I mean, who wrote Hands. Yeah, Stone. I, I, I know, I know, I know. Chris, he's he. Uh, he lived uh, in right outside Philadelphia for a time. Now I yep, believe he's down exactly. south. Wrote Jersey. the Duran book. Yeah, yeah, good, good so, guy, Chris. Yeah, very good guy. A great writer too. And uh, Junior was closely involved uh, with this book. Great. Um, it's very moving, you know, as a father son story. Okay. In addition to Macho's story. Um, so I, I think that people are really, really going to dig it. You know. Well, we can't wait for the, for those titles and all the titles that you you're gonna have coming down the line. Uh, I'm obviously uh, you guys are incredible to to, to bless me over the next several weeks. I'm be giving all kinds of copies of these books. Uh, <laughs> uh, I already told. Uh, I went down to uh, my post office yesterday. I said, "Get, get ready. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a familiar face in this place uh, over the next Absolutely. several weeks." So, uh, you know, I guess I appreciate your time, Kyle. Um, where do we find uh, you know you guys on social media? Uh, yeah, we, we you know, obviously Twitter, the Hannibal Boxing account, uh, the Hamilcar Publications account. Uh, we have websites for uh, you know Hannibal is the journalism site. Uh, Carlos and Jimmy contribute to that regularly, as does uh, Paul Zanin, and then the Hamilcar dot com is the book site and and you know everyone can find our our books there um and you know, in terms of finding our books people can you know buy directly from our site mm -hmm. with uh with the uh, 
there's a discount. I think it's a 40% discount. Uh, buy directly. We have a store on our site. And then Amazon, your local bookstore, Barnes and Noble. Um, you know, we have major distribution of our books. Most of our books should be in Barnes and Noble on the shelves. Well, one last question. Uh, obviously, most of these fighters, in fact, all these fighters, their careers are pretty much over or unfortunately are deceased. There's one fighter today that you, um, one active fighter today that we will see a book about from you guys. Do you, I mean, obviously, are you, do you think of that? Obviously, there's a lot of great stories of boxing. Did you think of that? Uh, okay, uh, I like his story. And in 10 years, uh, we're going to do one on him. Is, it, is there one guy out there uh, that jumps to the top of your head? You know, it's it's really interesting. It's hard to say. Okay. Now, like, I, I guess the straight answer is is no. Okay. Uh, but I, you know, I think that, you know, like with James's book, for example, you know, without two thousand three, it would have been you know, despite the fact that he was my favorite mm-hmm. fighter, you know, a book has to have a certain arc, and without you know. 2003 with you know beating Giroff especially and then Holyfield like you know, so it's hard to know you know I think that you have to look at a guy's career especially the kind of books that we're doing you know you have to look at the whole career after it's over um, you know otherwise you get sort of you know they do this in the UK especially like Tyson Fury book or a book about AJ like you know, it's it's sort of like a topical kind of commercial sort of bestseller type of book. And we don't really do that. You know, our books have more um, literary weight and look at the whole trajectory of someone's life. One last uh, question from one of our YouTube viewers. What was the website again? So I can type it in the thing. Yeah, it's HamilcarPubs.com, H-A-M-I-L. C-A-R-P-U-B-S dot com. Okay, I just put it on on the thing. Well, Kyle, uh, I, I appreciate uh, your time here on, on a Tuesday night. No, 41 minutes, it's not bad. 42 minutes, right, actually. Right. Not Sounds too bad. And, and I look forward to having each individual author on as we get through, uh, as we continue to go through the summer. We look forward to, uh, I can't wait to, to you know, get into Reno. Actually, I have a trip. Uh, I, I got to go somewhere in a couple days. So uh, I'm be sitting in the back of the car. I think I know what I'm going to be doing. So <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Mark, I really appreciate it, man. Thank Thanks you very much. On. And we'll be talking to you and your authors along the way. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. All right. All right. Clear this.